Whenever someone sits you down and asks you how you made it this far, do you have the courage to tell them of the challenges that you faced, of the mistakes that you made, and how you were able to bounce back? Or you just prefer telling them all the good things and you leave out the bad things? But I think that it is brave for us and it is important to tell our story, including the good and the bad. Because in the bad, people know that we are not perfect. We are human beings. We make mistakes. But how do we react when we make these mistakes? Do you have the courage to bounce back or we're so close to giving up? When you share your story of the struggles that you faced, people, people learn and are inspired that maybe we start small. Maybe you do not have much but you were able to make use of what you had, and now you're a great person. Hi, it's and welcome to the Baobab. Hope that you're well, you're staying safe. And if you're experiencing the hot temperatures, I hope you're hydrating. When I was in first grade, our teacher gave us words that we're supposed to go and read as we prepare to read the sunrise books and even the Shona, Shona books that we read. I'm no, I no longer remember the Shona books, but in English, we used to read the sunrise book. So we're given small words like cat, dog, mother, father, mother and father are the big words. But the small, the three-letter words basically were the first word that we're given. And if you're, fam- if you're not familiar with the sunrise book, it was a, it's a Zimbabwean um, reading book. And I think it, it, well, it was sort of a series. So you read book one up to i think book 20 or i don't remember book 20 i think so the story used to develop because there were four friends jenny david jenny david tatenda and chipo and they had a dog so the, you some characters were introduced as you read the book so our teacher gave us the words that we're supposed to go and read and even the shona words so the shona words were baba amai vana so that you prepare to form sentences. And when I was given these words, they were stuck in a book or on a paper, I don't remember. But you're just going to read them. Then when you're done, you read them to the teacher. And then the teacher would now give you the, the sunrise book. Or your parents would be advised to get you a sunrise book. I remember going home with these words. And my mom set me on the table and I was unable to read them. My mom tried she tried to say this is on ba ba so when you put them together it becomes baba but unfortunately um not unfortunately but as for me when i read these words i i paid so much attention i wasn't even playful my sister was sitting on the table she was now in fourth grade so she was writing her homework and i was given the list of the words ba ba and then my mom would say put them together and then i would say ba ba she would try another word Vana, Vana means children, and then she would, and you were supposed to separate them so that you're able to pronounce them and put the word together. Vana, I would say, Vana, put them together. Vana, my mom was so close to giving up, and my mom had a fear. My gururumbi was a teacher for infants, and then she encouraged my mom that no, I she needs to look for someone completely different who's going to teach me how to read. So there was this teacher who stayed not so far from my house. So each every day after school, I would go back home, change, have some lunch, and then I'll go for the extra lessons. So I started extra lessons when I was in, when I was just six. So when I went to that house, the teacher now, because she was an infant teacher, and I there was also a time that I was fortunate enough to teach 
at an infant school. So I taught the ECDBs, ECDBs, the kids that are going to go to first grade the next year. But I found it so exciting that some of the kids were able to read. And by the time that towards the end of this, the year, like in November, October, some of the kids were already read book, could able were able to read book one and book two. But this journey reminded me of how I struggled also to read. And I was patient with those kids who were unable to read. But there were some kids who were just given a book. The next thing, they're able to put the words together. And then you sm- it was a smooth ride into book one, into book three, into book four. But there were also some kids like me that were unable to read. And I was able to teach them. And as I was able to teach them, it reminded me of my of that lady, I don't remember her name, who was who had the courage and the strength to teach me how to read. So as I went to this lady's house every time, I would have I would read the Shona words, I would read the English words, and also she she would teach me maths and um the subject that I did at my school. And then within a short period of time, I was able to read. I remember when I got back home, and my mom asked how was school, and just fine, it was fine. I'll keep on doing my work and doing my work. One day when I was able to read, I read my aunt's love letter. Because no one really thought I could read. So they would just leave their papers or everything around. So my aunt was had a love letter that she had just... I don't know. Back then, there were no cell phones. There were no... People had to go to the phone shop. So, But the postman and even the... The postman was... Writing a letter was was the normal thing. So the postman would come and deliver the letters. And my aunt... We had opened a letter and left it by the by the dining room table. And as I was just being busy, I read the letter. And everyone in the house came running. They they could not believe that it was me that was reading. But I'm because I was now able to read fluently, I was able to pronounce all the letters, I not even stutter. I was fluent as able and I was able to read. But if it wasn't for for this lady who who was who was able to teach me how to read? I would have never been able to read even up to today. I've never been confident enough to to read a particular text or read a Bible verse in church or or to make contributions because I was I would have been unable to read even to pronounce. It could it could have also affected my confidence. But because of this lady who was patient with me when I was just six years old, I turned out to be an avid reader. I turned out to be a blogger. Imagine if I was unable to read, how was I going to fall in love with African literature? I would maybe ask someone to read them for me. I would maybe look for audiobooks. But sometimes you need to flip through the pages. You need to read some words and some text in your own words. So whenever I read a book, I owe it to this lady. But unfortunately, I've forgotten her name. But maybe if I ask my mom, she'll be able to let to tell me if she remembers the name of the lady who had me help me to read. Also, when I was a kid, I hated food. I was so skinny. It was, it was at the time when I saw an, um, an advert on TV when someone was so skinny. And it was, when it was windy, it felt like the wind was pushing them away. And one of my aunts told me that if you don't eat your food, you're going to be like this child who's now malnourished and is so weak. So whenever it was time for me to eat or to, to eat or to do my homework, people, my aunts and my uncles would leave that, would find something else to do. People would even opt to to go and do the dishes, to do the laundry, anything, just to run away from me. 
And my mom used to sing for me when I was when I was a kid. She would beg me to eat. She would say, "Have ten tablespoons of porridge." So I would count them for count the tablespoons, one up to ten. And sometimes you say, "Have one spoon for your for for your sister. Have one spoon for your puppy. Have one spoon for your aunt." And the time I would I would eat my food. And if it wasn't up to my mom, if she had given up, I think I would have died. I would have been skinny and all. But now, when you give me food, you don't have to sing for me. I'm just a slow eater, but I will gladly finish my food if I like something. When I was also, when I I'm a left-handed, I'm I'm a left-hander, and the world was somehow created for for right-handed people. So, and so I used to struggle in class because I would sit next to. I've shared talked about this in in a previous in another podcast episode. Sometimes I would sit in the middle and people would bump, would 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 push their right hand and I would end up unable to write. I struggled to tie my shoelaces. But my mom was patient with me. The trick was she would sit on the opposite side and she'd say, you, this is how you use the cutlery. But because when, when I was just six, it hadn't registered in my mind that she was sitting opposite. So I would see her using the fork and the knife and I would copy her. Just But she was using her right hand. I'm grateful because my mom used to read magazines. My mom used to read, ask around. And that's how she was able to teach me some of the skills, like tying my shoelaces. If I, if, if my family had given up on me when I was young, if my mom wasn't that patient, I'm sure the world wasn't, I wasn't going to, to be talking about this on my podcast episode. I wasn't going to, to be sharing some of my experiences of how I hated school up until I was in grade third grade when my teacher was patient with me and was she she wasn't she was patient with me and she had fun ways of in of fun ways of introducing topics and subjects and I've turned out to be more of a practical person than a theoretical person. If you want me to understand something, let it be practical. Even if it's a sermon, it has to be practical. Use practical examples. That's how I'm able to understand something. But if it's theory, then I have to struggle. So people have got their strengths and their weaknesses. But I want you to remember this. You've come a long way. You've overcome some obstacles that as you look back, you wouldn't think you've done it, but you did it. If it wasn't up to my mom who was patient with me, as I said, I would have been, I would not been able, I would have not been able to read. But I want you to take time to look back. What are some of the challenges that you've overcome? When you're growing up or maybe when you're a teenager or in the early stages of adulthood, what are some of the mistakes that you made? Who are the people who were there for you when you're so close to giving up? Were the people who came with a voice of reason and advice and told you that you need to do this, you need to do that? Were the people that held your hand when you thought that your world was crashing? I want you to take time to remember these people. And if they are still there with you, I want you to reach out and thank them for the great things that they've done. I want you to remember the mistakes that you've made and how you're able to correct them. If you're able to correct those mistakes, what have you learned from the mistakes that you made? Your journey wasn't an easy journey. And if it was an easy journey, then well done. But I'm sure you, you can also help some people who are struggling in this journey called life. Sometimes all you need to do is hold someone's hand. All you need to do sometimes is just to pick up the phone, the phone and tell someone what to do. You need to be kind to the next, pe- next person. 
remember that we are each other's keepers and be kind to yourself applaud yourself for the achievement that that you have made be it they are big or they are small and remember to always celebrate the big wins always remember to inhale positive energy and exhale negative energy have a great weekend